You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to preview the Giants' Christmas Eve matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Chris, how you doing, my friend? You know, I am doing pretty well. The, the storm that is... Moving across the country, it's about to get here. The temperature has dropped, it feels like 20 degrees since I got out of the gym this morning at like 9.30. It's just about 1 o'clock right now. It's windy as hell outside, but you know, I'm inside recording a podcast, so the wind can just keep blowing. The wind can just keep blowing. So this game right now, consensus has the Vikings favored by four, so they're minus four. And the matchup predictor on ESPN Analytics has the Vikings with a 70.2% chance to win with a 48-point over-under. This could be a very exciting game. It could be back and forth. I think the Giants can certainly be competitive in this game, and I am scared about some of the offensive weapons that this Vikings team has. I think we should start right there with the general offensive scheme from Kevin O'Connell, a first-year head coach similar to Brian Dable. He is of the Sean McVay coaching tree. What are some of your opinions of Kevin O'Connell? It seems like a lot of the team over there has just gravitated towards his messaging, and he's doing an excellent job in year one similar to Dave's. Yeah, I think he is doing a very good job. I mean, you just have to look at the Vikings record and the fact that the Vikings have the record they do right now, but they aren't re- they aren't really blowing teams out. They've got a good offense. They can put a lot of points on the board, but their point differential is right around zero. So it almost doesn't matter what the other team does. They're scoring just enough points to come out on top. And they're hanging tough through a lot of close games. And I think that really is testament to what O'Connell is doing out there. I mean, we just have to look at last week. They set the NFL record for a comeback with basically 39 almost unanswered points. Which is insane to think about. I mean, I was watching that game, as I'm sure so many people were, and I'm like, is it really 33 freaking nothing right now? Jeff Saturday is their head coach. Jonathan Taylor left in like two plays into the game. I'm like, this is an absolute unmitigated disaster from a team that, look, I know they have a really good record. I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're as good as their record. And then, boom, the second half comes along, and Kirk Cousins just turns it on, and the team just blew the Colts out of the room out of the stadium and I mean you go to overtime and you (laughs) what I think is kind of fascinating man is that that game man that comeback took over Frank Reich's record for the biggest comeback in NFL history which he did in the I think 92 AFC wildcard game when he was a member of the Bills over the Oilers Frank Reich obviously fired by the Colts earlier in the season so I just think it was somewhat ironic but back to this matchup Chris Let's start with the rushing attack because the New York Giants, look, 
They've sucked at defending counter runs, power gap runs, but this Kevin O'Connell rushing attack and rushing approach is much more zone-based, much more stretch zone, wide zone, things of that nature, inside zone. And they don't really run counter all that often. So I don't know if they're just going to practice it like hell leading into this game to to implement it. I don't really envision that happening. So the Giants might might do a better job against Dalvin Cook like they did back in week, what was it, eight against Seattle when they faced Kenneth Walker III, a similar team with a similar type of rushing approach. Yeah, that I think is going to be one of the keys to this game right up front is what happens at the line of scrimmage. Will the Giants be able to contain Dalvin Cook? I I don't know that you can stop Dalvin Cook. He is just a good running back all the way around, which that's something we were talking about before we started recording is yeah, how Dalvin Cook slipped to the second round after just a bad combine performance. And I I think part of the reason why he slipped is people were expecting him to be a phenomenal athlete coming out of Florida State, the way he was able to run the ball in college, and that just didn't show up in Indy there, and yet he is he plays so much faster, so much more explosive than he, than he really timed, and I think a lot of it is due to his vision, his football IQ, his anticipation, and his contact balance which are excellent traits. I mean, we saw last week in the comeback, one of the final touchdowns by the Vikings was a screen, not a halfback screen, but a screen to a halfback who happened to be aligned outside as a number one receiver. And he just took an accelerated past so many players. He's a very, very dangerous weapon. And I'm hoping that the New York Giants can contain that rushing attack. But I mean, if we're going to be honest, as much as I love and respect Alvin Cook, the player I am most afraid of, Chris, is Justin Jefferson. I don't know if there is a wide receiver in the NFL as just potent, explosive, effective, and good as this kid who is, I believe, 23 years old. Justin Jefferson is a real damn problem. And how do you think the Giants are going to attempt to slow him down? I'm going to guess that they're going to try to bracket him the same way they did Terry McLaurin. I'm not sure if it's going to work the way it did it last week against Terry McLaurin because yet Justin Jefferson is, like you said, he is a problem. He is a complete receiver. He has size. He has athleticism. He is a fantastic route runner. He's got good body control, and he's got phenomenal hands. And he gets the ball a lot. Right now, he has 158 targets and 111 receptions. He is on pace for a 2,000-yard season. He's got 1,623 yards. That would be most of the Giants' offensive production this year, just with one guy. And he's still catching over 70% of his passes and getting almost 120 yards a game. I think the Giants' best hope is to try to slow him down, try to keep Kirk Cousins from getting the play-action pass going and it's amazing to say this but hope the ball winds up going to adam thylen and kj osborne thylen is a unique name to pronounce that but back to a little bit to justin (laughs) yeah i mean thielen is uh i think he's been dinged up much of this season and he's definitely taken a huge backseat to 
Justin Jefferson, but you can't really rule him out. And also KJ Osborne in their 11 personnel package, he went off and had one heck of a day against the Indianapolis Colts last week. So you're looking at a pretty potent 11 personnel package with those three wide receivers and then TJ Hawkinson, who they traded for in division with the Detroit Lions, who is a solid, or I would say a really, I would say a good tight end in the National Football League. But with Justin Jefferson, I think you're right, man. I think they're just going to attempt to cloud him, bracket him, just two guys. He's coming across the middle of the field. There's always going to be a safety kind of coming over him. And as if you watch the, I think it was the week 13 game against Detroit, or maybe it was week 14, the Lions tried that same approach, just like they did back in week three. And it didn't matter, man. Kirk Cousins has this confidence about him right now where he is slinging the football to Justin Jefferson in his area. He's using pretty good precision to get Jefferson the football. And I got to say, man, Jefferson's coming down with the ball despite the fact that he has so much attention. And when you look at the Giants' secondary without Xavier McKinney and without Adoree Jackson, and as much as I respect Nick McLeod and I think Fabian Moreau has done an admirable job filling in for Adoree Jackson, I am a little nervous to have you know McLeod or Moreau with a safety over top guarding Jefferson, not only just because I think Jefferson can still find a way to get his, but that's just going to create one-on-one matchups all over the field that can be exploited. Yeah. And that, that really has been a problem for the giants defense. This I think is going to be another game where they're going to need that defensive front in particular, the defensive line to step up and try to disrupt the play, blow up the play, behind the line of scrimmage. They're going to have to affect Kirk Cousins. He is one of the quarterbacks who th- holds the ball more than most, but a lot of that is due to how good of a play-action passer he is. You know, the Vikings used a lot of play-action with Cousins the last couple of years, and to his credit, that's one thing Kevin O'Connell has maintained. Yeah, it was just the play-action pass because that's what's, uh, to me, going to be an issue. And if you look at the play-action rates, the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings are two teams that rank in the top, I think, seven. Right now, I don't have it in front of me. It might be even be the top five. They're both very reliant on getting the running game going and then working the play action. And it's the spot right behind the linebackers and between the safeties that are a big issue. That's the problem area. And I feel like that's a spot that the giants have been kind of susceptible to all season on those deep over routes and those deep digs and Jefferson runs them so well. And then if you want to transition even a little bit to this offensive line, I find this offensive line to be unique, Chris, because it has a, a fun mixture of power guys. I'm going to throw your face into the ground and run through your soul and finesse guys like Christian Darisol and Ed Ingram are those power guys, right? Like studying them coming out of school. That's that was my impression of them. And then you have Brian O'Neill, who's a former tight end who has transitioned really well to playing tackle in the NFL and Ezra Cleveland, who was a tackle now playing left guard, who was very light on his feet over there at Boise State. I find this offensive line to be pretty solid, but I do think the Giants defensive line can get theirs and apply pressure on a Kirk Cousins. And that might be the primary path to victory. Yeah, I think that pretty much has to be the Giants' primary path to victory because if they're able to get either their running game or their passing game going, that they've got enough good skill position players where it puts the Giants in a pick-your-poison type situation, and they're good enough at scoring points. If they can get to the end zone, that starts to put pressure on the Giants' offense, and 
when we've seen this team really start to flail about and things snowball on them, it's when the offense has to has to press and when the Giants offense has to put up points. You know, having one good drive and trusting the defense to hold on to a lead, that's kind of been the Giants MO and that doesn't work against teams that are capable of putting up points. No, it doesn't. But Chris, before we or do you have anything else on the offense before we transition to this? I would say defense that isn't as dangerous as the offense, but still a defense that you have to worry about. No, I I think the Vikings defense is something we're going to have to dig into a little bit because they're in a very weird spot. Yes, they are. But before we get to the weird spot that they are in, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chris, let's talk about Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. He is a disciple of a Chris Flum favorite, Vic Fangio. What are your impressions of this Vikings defense overall? It seems like they aren't as great defending the explosive plays down the field, especially outside the numbers on these outside cornerbacks, but the Giants don't really challenge a lot of defenses in that manner. So what are your overall thoughts on Donatel and this defense? Yeah, I, Ed Donatel has been a football coach for a very, very long time, and he's been with Vic Fangio for a very long time. And I think you can see the the fingerprints of Fangio and his scheme on the Vikings' defense, but they're also kind of a defense in transition. They've got a lot of guys who were really, really good the last time the Giants saw the Vikings, which was 2019, and the Giants got their butts kicked. They only scored 10 points. It was, a, I think it was a 10 to 23 or 10 to 28 loss. It, it was not a good game for the Giants. And back then, the Vikings, coached by Mike Zimmer, had a top five defense. Now, the Vikings have given up more yards than anyone in the NFL. Their defense practically hemorrhages yards. And part of that is, I think, the Vic Fangio use of middle of the field open, cover two, cover four looks. But they, the guys manning that defense are just getting a little long in the tooth. They've got Patrick Peterson as an outside corner drafted way back in what was it, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Harrison Smith, who's been in the NFL at safety for forever. 
they've got Zadarius Smith, who is, I believe, he is right around 30 at edge. They've got Daniil Hunter, who it feels like he's been in the NFL for forever, but that was because he was 20 when he got drafted. He's 28 now. So they've got a lot of very experienced players, but they, they don't have the horses right now to run this defense the way the... Uh, the way the 49ers could run that defense or the way the Denver Broncos could run that defense, or even a couple years ago, the way the Chicago bears were able to run that defense or the jets, right? Absolutely. That that's basically the foundation for what the jets are doing. And they have an excellent defense yet, but I will say that there are some things we do need to be aware of. And the giants need to be careful about the first one for me is turnovers. The Vikings are good at taking the ball away. Uh, Pat, I, between Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, they've got eight interceptions. The Vikings are, I believe, third or fourth in the NFL in interceptions. They take the ball away. So they give up a lot of yards, but they do get the ball back for their offense. The other thing I think we have to pay attention to is they're as much as many yards as they give up, they're not bad at defending the run. They're middle of the pack as far as defending the run goes and what do the giants want to do? They want to run the football. And in terms of that turnover rate, the Vikings and the giants are the same. Actually, they're both plus four in turnover rate. But as you said, and it's true, the giants are just kind of risk averse on offense. They're not turning the football over, but their defense isn't taking it away. Whereas the Vikings have turned the football over but their defense is getting them some turnovers as well. And I think it's interesting too, because last week we saw the Minnesota Vikings deviate from, I think the foundations of what the Fangio defense typically does. Now, I think one reason for this is because they are going up against a Colts team with a noodle armed quarterback, no offense to Matt Ryan, (laughs) but he can't push the ball vertically and they were down early. So they just went to kind of straight man coverage. We're going to beat up your wide receivers. We're going to give them no breathing room. They played cover one 35.4% of the time against the Colts in that come from behind victory. The next highest time was against the Jets, which was 20.5. But other than that, it was all sub 20. Like They're not really a huge man coverage type of team. They're much more of a match team, as you said, Fangio disciple. But even last week, they ran quarters 3.8% of the time against the Colts. Like that's, I think the lowest by far this season, like earlier in the season against Philadelphia, they ran at 44% of the time, you know? So like they were relying a lot on middle of the field closed because they did not trust Matt Ryan to beat them deep. I think they might go with a similar approach against Daniel Jones. The thing is Daniel Jones, he's not really challenging a lot of defenses deep. Daniel Jones has a damn arm to do it though, man. Daniel Jones has an arm. And I think I, or at least I hope that we see some shots like we saw earlier in the season to Darius Slayton, if this team decides to line up near the line of scrimmage, get physical with our wide receivers, and 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 just load the box to stop Saquon Barkley. I think that's a way the Giants can just kind of let the offense breathe a little bit, right? Is to just let that ball sling, Daniel, and I'm hoping we get to see it. Yeah, I think that will be one of the things we have to watch for is do do the Colts go back to the or I'm sorry, not the Colts, the Vikings go back to the defense they have played most of the year and try to through their alignment play to the Giants' tendencies and just give the Giants underneath passes 
and try to contain them, let the Giants play their ball control offense, knowing that their own offense is capable of sprinting down the field and putting up pinball numbers on the scoreboard. While the Giants, they've averaged less than 19 points a game this season, offensive points. So I could see the Vikings just saying, okay, we'll just let you play your game. But I could also see them, like you said, challenging the Giants to beat them through the air, challenging the Giants to do the things that they have not wanted to do this year and take those deep shots and really put the offense on Daniel Jones's arm. Because if, you know, the Giants have shown through their tendencies when they will take those shots and the way the Vikings are able to take the ball away, they could see situations where, yeah, they want to try to bait Jones into making a mistake. Or maybe not even just bait Jones and make a mistake. It's like, hey, he's not throwing the field side hold to outside the numbers to the number one. We can give a lot of cushion to that and then air towards the middle of the field a little bit more. Similar to what Jack Del Rio just did last week, man. There were so many times when he dropped into that inverted cover two. And I don't think Donatel is going to run that, even though Del Rio and Donatel, they, they have similar type of approaches in terms of just using a lot of quarters and match type of coverages. But when those opportunities present themselves, I, I just hope Jones forces the defense to defend every inch of the freaking field, right? And I think in terms of passing the football and when you're going to pass it a little bit, maybe further downfield, you need the protection. So I'm hoping the Giants do have these six-man protections. It's something they've been using a lot because Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, who I think will also align inside and isolate against Mark Lewinsky and, and obvious passing situations, they can be a real problem, man. They can pressure you, and they could force you into some mistakes. This pass rush is, is no joke. No, it isn't. It's not right at the top of the league. They're kind of middle of the pack in terms of sacks and quarterback knockdowns and everything. But Zedaria Smith has 10 sacks. He's got 21 quarterback hits. He's got 15 tackles for a loss. He leads the NFL in pressures. Daniil Hunter has eight and a half sacks. He's got 16 quarterback hits and 12 tackles for a loss. These guys are veterans. They are athletic. They have length. Like they are still kind of the complete package as far as being pass rushers go. And it is pretty impressive considering they've both dealt with season ending injuries. Uh, Hunter, in fact, had a season ending injury in each of the last two seasons. And they're still up there producing. And that's something the Giants are definitely going to have to pay attention to. Their tight ends are going to have to chip as they release into their routes. Saquon Barkley, he's going to have to chip. He's going to have to pass protect. And I do think Saquon is, once again, going to be the focal point of this offense. I'm just very curious to see how much running room he's able to get and where. Because... Giants legend Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be there in the oh, middle yeah. of the Vikings defense because he, he might not be their nose tackle. I believe they've been playing him more as like a defensive end or a three technique, four eye, five technique alignment, but he's still a very good player and he is very tough to run on. The Vikings per football outsiders are fifth in the NFL as far as defending runs up the middle. 
yeah, I'm expecting to see some lateral runs similar to how teams attack the New York Giants, but it might not be easy, but I think the Giants, especially if they're clicking and as cohesive as they were against Washington, they can have some success on the ground. I just know playing out there in Minnesota, that's a that's a really tough environment, but you're not going to be affected by, by the weather because it seems like almost every other NFL game on this slate is going to have some sort of weather issues. But Chris, do you have anything else on this matchup between the 8-5-1 New York Giants and the 11-3 Minnesota Vikings? You know, the one thing I think we should also keep an eye on is the rest differential between these two teams. The Vikings have a normal week of rest. They played on Saturday last week. The Giants played on Sunday night on a road game. Now, granted, Maryland, D.C., that's not that far from East Rutherford. That's just a couple hours on the train. I've done it a few times. It's actually quite enjoyable. But New York to Minneapolis, Minnesota, with one week, or sorry, one day's less rest, with this storm coming across the country, yeah, that is a that's kind of a rougher trip. So the Giants having two road games in a row have to factor the travel time in, not being able to get out of FedEx Field until probably what one in the morning, maybe. I think rest, time to install, practice, that sort of thing, that could have an effect on this game. Not only that, Chris, and I saw this and I was like, wait, how? But the Vikings have had in the last six games, including this one, five home games. How ridiculous is that? After they had a two-game road trip to the Commanders and the Bills, they were at home against the Cowboys, got just their asses whooped 40 to 3. Then they were at home against the Patriots, beat them 33 to 26, at home against the Jets, won 27-22. And then they had this really long road game from Minnesota all the way to Detroit, 34 to 23. They lost to the Lions. And then they had the Colts at home last week to come back. And now they have the Giants. That's so many home games in a, in a cluster. And it's not even like they had these like incredible like road road like stretches of like three games in a row or anything like that. No, like I just I was like, wow, man, they've had the benefit of a pretty easy schedule from a travel standpoint. Yeah, this NFL schedule has been honestly very, very weird. I mean, the Giants playing on three holidays in what, four weeks, five weeks, something like that. It's just the way the calendar and the NFL's calendar line up this year and with the NFL going to Munich and Mexico City and London, things have just been weird and in a lot of ways, I'm not a fan. (laughs) Neither am I. And I know one of the games earlier in the season, which was a home game, was actually a London game for them against the Saints in which they won. That has nothing to do with this five five out of six games at home, but that's just another thing. I think the Giants, it it could affect them, but look, the game is one on the football field. Let's just hope the Giants show up like they did last week, and hopefully they can be a little bit more effective on offense and that pass rush can get going. But Chris, listeners, thank you. Or Chris, do you have anything else, my man? No, you know, you'll hear from us again before Merry Christmas, but still, Merry Christmas, everybody. Exactly. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please rate, subscribe, review, like, comment the podcast wherever you get these podcasts. And also head on over to BigBlueView.com where we have all of our written content. Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely day and happy holidays.
More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Claude3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.